Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Podcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast. Today on the podcast, GM... Jeff Prozeller of the Havana Revolution, also our master of puppets of free agency, will be talking about this year's free agency as well as what free agency might look like in the future. As well, Jeff and I are going to talk a little bit about the summit in Toronto and reminisce about the great times that were had. So let's get started right away with GM Jeff Prozeller. Welcome back to the show, Jeff Prozeller of the Havana Revolution. And Jeff, welcome, welcome back to the show and welcome back to North America. Uh, you're over visiting Ryan, I hear, and the Shamrocks. Yeah, I was. Thanks for having me back, Ian. And uh, yeah, it was a, a wild journey through the Irish countryside trying to find the Dublin Shamrocks Arena. Um, which we finally did, but uh, I, I can't disclose its end location because it's pretty wicked. So uh, I'll leave it out there for others to find on on their own adventures. Excellent. Is there a pot of gold at the bottom at uh, in the stadium somewhere? Or? Yeah, Ryan. Uh, Ryan made us really look for this pot of gold. Um, <laughs> we 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 really had to kind of follow the rainbow as you will but uh we, we were able to find some some good nuggets along the way excellent excellent well jeff of course is our guru of free agency and uh and that's coming up fast um we have i know people have been looking over those free agents uh i i know that uh everybody has submitted their list for rfas that list looks a lot smaller now when i'm when i look through uh, free agency on uh, on the site um, but free agency is coming up, but there are some big changes coming for next year in free agency. Uh, they, we, an email was sent out by the league about those changes. Uh, that I think there's some fast, fantastic stuff in there. Um, I was wondering if you might be able to talk a little bit about some of those things. Number one, it sounds like just offering somebody a one-year deal for $50 million may not get a guy. Yeah, um, and that, that's kind of the idea uh, behind some of these changes is, is uh, looking at different contract structures and different ways to uh, woo a player, if you will. So, yeah, those 
those throwing the highest number on the board uh, contract days are coming to an end um, at the end of or at the start of next season's UFA. So uh, there'll be a lot more options for GMs. I love that. I love that. And an- another thing that will be new this year is in the past. Oh, where did I just go here? Yeah. In the past, uh, no, I've lost my train of thought. Well, that's, that's okay. <laughs> I can <laughs> I can fill in a little space yeah. while you find it there, Ian. Yeah. So back to the the contract structures, you know the the fifty million dollar one year deal um, or fifty million dollars straight uh, contract bid won't be your only option. So you'll have, you know, different ways to structure your contracts if you want to offer a fifty million dollar one-year bid, you can still do that and you still may end up being the, the highest bid on the board. Um, but you could also come in with a, a two-year deal worth $30 million a year. And uh, that may end up being the winner because, you know, the player is going to take that extra $10 million or could take that extra $10 million. Um, and it's really going to depend on the perceived value to the player. So, do they want the $50 million over one year or would they prefer 60 over two? Um, you know, maybe 60 is the bad example, but if you put it up, you know, you put it up to $40 million yeah. a year for two years, uh, then you get up to 80. So, you know, the players likely take that extra $30 million and play the two years guaranteed, then take the 50 over one. So, um, yeah, that's, that's just part of the flexibility. Oh, I love that. I love that. And also, okay, so the the other change I wanted to talk about was that teams could go into the offseason like 50 million in the hole and and sprinkle some pixie dust and all of a sudden they're they're above above uh they're above ground and they can go and fire off whatever um offers they want. But that won't be happening in the future. If you are below uh breaking the breaking point after the playoffs are over, the moment the playoffs end, that's it. You cannot sign those deals. It would be like you were below going into free agency. Yeah, and and I think the the cutoff, if I read it correctly, was uh, you know you can't bid on UFAs with seventy OV or higher if oh, you're in okay. the negatives after playoffs. So that's kind of the the punishment, if you will, for what we'll call poor financial management or poor financial uh, planning. And uh, I think that, you know, it's just trying to, you know, force teams to really take a more comprehensive approach and be less willy nilly when they're looking at either signing players um, or trading for players along through the year. Um, you know, it forces teams to take into account, okay, well, how much money am I going to make this year? How much money do I have in the bank? And you can try and count on those playoff series uh, and take the gamble if you're willing to take the gamble. But if you, get kicked in, if you get kicked out in the first round, uh, like yours truly quite often, then uh, <laughs> you might not, you might not want to take those gambles. So, the options are still there, and I think that's the important thing. You can mm. still let your team take those gambles. You can even plan to be in the red after playoffs. You just have to know that those 70 OV guys will be off limits to you in UFA. So. Okay. 
I yeah. love it. I love it. So it's still, you're st- you can still go for it like that. You can still do all those things. Um, you just might not be able to, to sign those other guys the next year. And you might be in a, in a situation where you're fine. You don't need to. Um, but that's going to be in there. And, uh, and that's fantastic. I know, I know a lot of people are going to really like this rule. Um, and the rule change. And I think, uh, yeah, I think it's great for the league. Yeah, I think uh, I think it'll bring a little bit more of financial responsibility to teams, so that you can't just run and gun through the year and then use the off season to try and make up for your, you know, financial miscomings. Um, you know, as you're making those deals at trade deadline, you may have to look at your team a little bit more to determine well, geez, you know, maybe I I don't want to get this extra guy or if I get this extra guy, I have to sell something else off to get some money now um, to try and make sure that I even my finances out before playoffs right. are finished. Yeah. So, you know, it just the, the reckoning comes earlier. That's all. Mm-hmm. So you have yeah. to you have to balance it out throughout the year and not just go, you know, completely crazy and then uh, and then spend all off season trying to figure out a way to get out of it. So, <laughs> I mean, you could just go for it that one year and have a year of recovery, right? And then go for it again like that. So, absolutely, um, as you a, know, there's as... so many ways we can do this in this league. Yeah, and that's it. You just there's so many different options and yeah. approaches, um, and you didn't want to take one off the table entirely, right? right. So, right. Um, you can still absolutely go by that plan, and and that's still a viable option. I'm sure there will be a team either in the first year or in the first couple of years that takes that strategy and runs with it and does quite well. So, um, yeah, yeah, by all means, it might be me, who knows? Uh, I'm dancing close to that financial zero line as it is. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely not one to preach here. So. No, I know I've, you know what I've, I looked at my finances the other day and I, it, it was kind of a shock to the system because uh, two years ago, I had gotten up there quite high. In fact, I think I was the head, the leading the league in in uh, money in the bank, and I have dropped so much in the last couple of years. I made some really, really poor decisions, uh, and those have you know those come around and and bit me. So um, yep. yeah, we'll see. I might be I might be uh, struggling with this in two years or so, or even one year. Who knows? Um, but let's, that kind of brings me to the, the players that are available this year and think about what kind of money might get spent on some of these guys. Uh, in the past, people have thought, you know, oh man, it's, it's risen so much year to year to year of how much people have spent. But talking to you last year, uh, it really hadn't like players had, uh, uh, I think the all time high was probably 2017. Which maybe this—that's um, something to look at this year because because uh, that was a summit year and we had a summit year again this year, right? So um, when people look at it and say there's so much money being spent on these guys, it really hasn't changed all that much over that that time. No, you're right. It uh, it seems to have leveled off. There was there was definitely a period in time where the spending was clearly increasing um and uh i don't want to say it's leveled off because Mm -hmm. you still see kind of it really depends on the quality of the ufas that are out there um and we'll get into that i'm sure in a Mm -hmm. couple minutes but uh 
But yeah, it, it really depends on the quality of UFAs. I expect that next year, given how many quality UFAs Eric alone is going to be dropping into the pool, yeah. uh, that should probably ramp up and, and see some some spending. I, I'm confident of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it'll also be the first year of the new contract structure. So right. that will come into play. But uh, yeah, the last couple of years have been a little bit static. Um, mm-hmm. And the only thing I can I can think of is is the number of teams in the league has you know increased slowly. We had uh, Seattle come in, and mm-hmm. we had um, now now we have uh, Okanagan in, and yeah. you know we have uh, have some some new teams coming into the into the league, which each one of them bring an entire new set of money, right? Like yeah. every year these teams are earning money. There's money coming in along with them uh, when they start up. So, you know, it just adds to the to the number of dollars that are available in the SACHL world. Um, and, and all those have to be spent. So, um, yeah. Well, I mentioned uh, the RFAs list has really dropped. And that's from the number of people that have uh, that chose to re-sign those players or or not. But the quali- the, the qualifying, there was really only a couple players I saw in there that I thought people might might take a run at. Um, um, I had three names on my list here: uh, Ristolainen, Logan Thompson, and Artem Zub. Now Artem Zub, I think his qualifying is some is above. Above eight or above eight million, if I'm not mistaken, what it'll be this year. So that might be a tough one for people to to swallow to to offer that kind of. Money. But with the amount of defensemen that are out there in you as UFAs this year, that one could definitely get some takers. But with that, you're going to be looking at three first round draft picks. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? When you're looking at these RFAs. Um, Generally, you end up looking towards the younger guys that that are just kind of coming up in the league, mm-hmm. and um, you know if you're if they have that low salary of you know three million, but the the signing rate is seven, then sometimes a team will try and squeak one through, and mm-hmm. uh, that's where it can get interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once you get to the the higher threshold contracts, anything you know above the two first round picks. There's not been very many of those offers out there. No. Um, I think I had one on Tyler Sagan a couple of years back um, when I put him in the RFA pool, which turned out to be a mistake, but only about <laughs> by, I think, a couple million dollars. So I, right. I lost some money on that, but I took the risk. Um, and uh, I think one of the goalies, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Peter Mazarek or somebody in uh, Detroit um, in the other league mm-hmm. that uh, I think Mark had or something like that. And Mark was involved. He either took the compensation of three first round picks or he paid it. And I don't recall offhand, but there aren't m- very many times where you see those yeah. big salary offerings in, in RFA come around. So yeah. Yeah, I think Zub would be an interesting one if someone takes a run at it, but you never know. You never yeah. know. It might be that piece that someone's looking for. So, <laughs> and the other two that I was looking at were Ristolainen in, in Acadia, uh, and no, Logan Thompson. Pardon me. Ristolainen's with me now. 
Oh, with you. Okay. So, right. Rista and Havana, formerly from Acadia, I think in free agency it still still shows uh, shows them as Acadia. I'm gonna oh, okay. I'm gonna I'll move over there and just take a look quickly. But uh, the other one is Logan Thompson, uh, goaltender, and he's with one of the new teams. He's with um, Jacksonville. So yeah. yeah. So I mean, I know I think Logan Thompson is, has to be qualified at six point eight. Uh, so again, it's going to be the three, three first rounders, but the goal, but he's looking to be the starter in that other league, um, on his team. And, right. and so some, and he's only, what is 24 years old here? So that one could, we'll, we'll see. I wonder if somebody would pay the three or if, if Jackson will, would match because that's the other thing. The team always has a chance to match it if they want. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. Wrist, wrist alignment. So somebody put up wrist alignment, um, and we shall see because I know that would definitely be a, a three three first rounders there too. So uh, yeah, I think interesting uh, stuff I this year. It, yeah, it's in the it's in the couple first for sure. Might be a for a uh, couple first and a second, but uh, okay for wrist alignment and uh, Thompson's going to be a little bit more than that. I think yeah, it might be two first and a second. Uh, uh, and then upwards from there, right? But, uh, and that's but I mean that's if people only offer the minimum, right? I mean, if they're right. offering, they're probably going to be trying to scare off the uh, that team. And uh, oh, I do see Havana here. I, that was my mistake. I don't know why. I just oh, you know what? I see the name and I just think Acadia. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so there's some some interesting ones in RFAs this year. Normally, I don't don't remember seeing so many. Uh, that I'm like, ooh, I wonder if people actually will take a run at this guy. So, so like yeah. you said, it doesn't happen very often, especially at that at that price range because of the compensation. Yeah, I think the last couple of years we've seen uh, some some teams really take a run at at RFAs, and I think that may have scared some people into signing the majority of their younger players, especially um, to those contracts that are being offered right. off the off the re-sign but um obviously there's still some teams looking to take a risk or looking to save a couple bucks uh re-signing their guys on the rfa qualifiers instead so it's always a risk but you're right the team always has the option to match so yeah. the only the only gamble is you don't always get to pick the number of years and you don't always get to pick whether it's a one-way contract or not that gets to be dictated by the other team mm -hmm. uh so it adds an adds an interesting element for sure for the for the guys that are maybe on the fringe and and you always see a lot of those guys on the on the RFA qualifiers so we'll see sometimes there's some gems to be had in there and I'm only seeing two 28 year olds this year like like Tafoli last year um, but and one is Maxim Legacy a goalie um, and the other one is oh I just just had him here Ryan Murray. So yeah. only two two twenty eight year olds. So we we'll, we shall see whether they get their one year deals or if somebody does offer something and a, and a four or three or two. But um, okay. but that could be that was that was me last year with Tafoli, of course, and, and <laughs> that was my big error of last year. I make I make some pretty big ones every year. Uh, that was last year, but we'll see what this year what I what my error is. But uh, <laughs> I was look, looking down the UFA list here. Um, there's some, there are a couple big names in here that uh, that could really do some damage for some teams. 
Uh, I was looking at Cam Atkinson. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, Evander Kane. Uh, uh, Anders Lee, Nyquist, Oshi. Patches is a huge one this year. Uh, and then yeah. Stashney, Toffoli, and Blake Wheeler. Another big one in there, and Blake Wheeler. Um, but when you think about it, there's 30 teams in the league. That's not a lot. There, are, I have other names on this list, as, of course. But those are the those are the. If you want to make a splash, get a big guy. You're gonna be in. You're gonna be competing with a lot of teams for those big guys. Uh, yeah. If you're looking for a forward this year, um, you know it's 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 a tough market, and there's not a really bunch of high end forwards. There's. No. That like none of the names you've mentioned are yeah. are one guys that are in their early 30s. A lot of them are you know in the back end of the 30s at this point. So you know any contract you're offering them, you got to be careful for the for the age aspects. But mm -hmm. you know there's just not those premium level forwards like we've seen in past the uh, the 77, 78 guys that come out in UFA this year. So. You know, if you're looking for a top-level forward, you're probably going to end up with the 73, 74 guy, and you might be paying top-level money for him, even yeah. though he's not not that guy. But, uh, yeah, Patches is one that I would love love to have back. He might end up being one of the highest-paid guys in UFA. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. And Evander Kane as well, right? That's where I have. I have those two. Uh, for myself, I have those two that are just – a step above, right? For the step above everybody in here. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, we're going to see some, some big money going And You're going to have to give big money to get just some of the other guys, because there's a lot of teams that need um, some top six help. And a couple of these guys can still give top six help, but uh, there's not, again, there's not many of them. Like Adam Henrique as well could be added to that list of maybe uh, top six to middle six and Kessel and, um, Nyquist. Yeah. I think I said Nyquist maybe already, but uh, there's there's some other names in here that that uh, certainly have some ratings that could help some teams mm -hmm. when you totally. look through. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's certainly those that need. Sorry, there's certainly those teams that need those um, that need like a you know the middle six or second line uh, forwards to to shore out their lineup. So yeah. Uh, it's certainly going to be a big market this year, I think. And then, and then I looked over at the defense, and it got thinner. <laughs> I thought it was bad <laughs> enough. I thought it was bad That's enough cool. looking up at the forwards, and I looked at the defense, and I got you know, there's there's three guys that jumped out at me, and then about another six guys that uh, that are okay, but like Shattenkirk and Spurgeon and Zaitsev. Um, I mean, Zaitsev is the only defenseman with a defensive rating over 87, I think. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's a 92. I mean, a 92 is good, but it's not – there's no 99s. Or like a couple years ago, uh, I know I was able to jump in on a, a couple 99 defensemen, uh, defense, yeah. like defense, and there's just nothing this year. Um, it's, it's, tight. it's tight in defense this year. Uh, you have some other good ones in Brody and Chara. Well, Chara has, has that great experience and leadership. Geo, uh, Keith, Muzzin, Orlov, Physic, but but they're just no. 
they're missing something. Each one of them is missing something important, right? So again, a lot of those guys are on the the real back end of of their thirties, right? Like I can't oh, yeah. imagine there's gonna be multi year contracts that go out to, you know, well Chara we know for sure is, is right. last year. That's so him, maybe yeah. he'll have he, some the same thing fitting for him. Yeah. And uh and then Duncan Keith, you know, Giordano, I mean these guys are, are pushing 40, so I can't imagine that they've got many more years left in them. But, yeah. And they're not playing top pairing. None of these guys are playing top pairing on a, on a, on a contender, right? They're, you know, your second nope. pair at best kind of guys. But um, then it just got worse at goal. <laughs> Yeah. I thought I oh. thought it was bad last year in that uh, trying to find a goalie because I was one of those people looking for a goalie last year, um, and had to pay a lot for for a, for a seventy four a lot, and uh, we don't have any seventy fours this year. Um, Do we, we even have, have any seventies this year? Yeah, we have like two seventies. Really two guys good. in the seventies. We have Elliot and Holtby at seventy three. Wow. And then we have three more guys that are over sixty four. That's it. Like, and they're in the like. 68 and 66. You've heard it. There are a lot of teams that need a goalie to begin with a starter and even more that need a backup. Absolutely. I was just thinking that I was saying, if you've heard it here first, folks, if you need a goalie this year (laughs) and you have a good rest of your team, uh, you better have a very fat wallet <laughs> or you might just want to pack it up, sell off who you can sell off, and take one more year for the rebuild because, boy, it's going to be tough trying to get somebody yeah. uh, to play in nets for you this year. And we yeah. saw at the at the summit, uh, and I'd love to I'd love to transition to the summit next, actually. But we saw at the summit of, of you know the night uh, after the draft the, that that same night of the draft, and we were having that great time uh at uh what what was it bps at the yep. um in, in that room and the the whole talk all it was was goalies people were looking for goalies and a couple one or two people had a goalie to move and they were just they were just gold right and yep. of course this is why this is why the the options out there uh this is why so um so should be interesting that's why i'm wondering if you know, maybe a Logan Thompson yeah, in, as an RFA gets uh, gets just a huge offer. He's the third best goalie in this whole thing. Yep. You know, at at at, at twenty four years old, yeah. um, he's an RFA. You're gonna have to pay some picks, but uh, that's why I think that one could go. We'll see. That one could be interesting. You look at it and you go, okay, am I gonna pay? Am I going to pay $40 million? And I'm spitballing here. I have no idea yeah, what these right, goaltenders right. are going to go for. Um, thankfully, I don't need one, so I haven't even studied the market uh, on that and to prep a bid. But, you know, are you going to throw $40 million at a 73 goalie that's going to get you through one year? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to throw, you know, $7 million, $8 million at a 24-year-old and, uh, and a, you know, a good yes, chunk of pick? Yeah. But if you have those picks, maybe maybe that's your bet. Mind mm-hmm. you, you're placing a lot of hope on on a Logan Thompson who, you know, he's been yeah. around the NHL a couple of years already and, and he's he's done all the right things, but mm-hmm. that starting job is a it's a fickle uh, thing. 
right? Yeah, it's a whole. So who knows? This is the, the, the like I am so I've, I don't think I've ever been as interested in a free agent market as I have been this year, and and it's the it's probably the worst one I've seen, but it but I'm so interested in, in this year's and what happens this year in it because. Uh, like I said, there's, you know, there's a market, uh, market demand, and um, there's the market. And so we shall see. Anyways, you know, uh, funny as part of this whole thing, Ian, is this is coming from two guys who probably, you know, generally speaking, are probably not even going to dip their toe in the UFA market at all. Anyway, we're just going to sit by and watch the chaos unfold. Because if I, I remember your roster correctly, I don't think there's a thing you need. I think I think you have enough players to fill out your team and your farm team. <laughs> I need some depth for the farm. <laughs> That's where um, I'm going to be going. But I'm a, but I'm at the same time I'm not going to let a guy pass through um, for under a certain amount. I'll be you know I'll be in there for a certain amount just to make sure that nobody passes through for a ridiculous um, you know somebody yeah. passes through at seven hundred fifty thousand like a seventy four forward or seven fifty or something right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you're right. You're right. There's there's a couple teams that don't need anything. Um, uh, you're right. I think the two of us talking right now are are two of those for for the guys for the guys that we've mentioned on here for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that's why I'm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, and and you're right. I'll probably be just watching it and and just watching and and enjoying it. And another one that like we've like. Gee, we've rarely seen him like step into free agency in the last number of years, and I, again, I don't think he needs to. We'll we'll see if he does, but um, but from history, if history says anything from what he's done, uh, there's another one that may not step in. So maybe there's only 27, 26 uh, teams that'll be going after these guys. <laughs> so maybe there's there's less demand than than we thought originally. Um, anyways. I talked about the uh, I talked about the summit there, and oh my goodness, I haven't had a chance uh, to talk about it uh, on air here uh, on the podcast. Um, But wow, once again, just wow. I I mean, I had been looking forward to that for five years after the after the first summit. And it did not disappoint whatsoever. In fact, it blew it out of the water what I was expecting again. Like, um, I had so much fun and it was a whirlwind, but it was an absolute blast. I really wish I could have gotten there a little bit earlier uh, the Thursday to, to see people for a little bit longer um, on that Thursday beforehand, but it didn't matter like, because uh, Thursday night, then Friday and Saturday, uh just completely made up for it and i was gone like i was up at three on sunday morning to go get on a plane to get home um because i had some some people arriving here actually they had already arrived but um it was absolutely incredible did you have any i mean you i know i know you did so much work for it too and and man we really we appreciate it so much uh thank you so much um but for you, what were your, I know it's so hard to give a highlight. What were some of your highlights? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, first off, you're right. Like, it just, it blows you away. It, it continue, This league continues to just floor me with the 
with the planning and the the quality of like I want to say programming because it feels like feels like we're you know really getting so much value from this and and uh you know somebody's responsible for that and and <laughs> you know I I I helped out here and there where I could but it was this was this was a Mark and Mike special as normal and uh you know none of us can say enough good things about the two of those kindest most thoughtful uh people that contribute so much to all of our lives in in you know countless ways and uh anyway I, i'll get off my soapbox because i know i have 28 or 30 other people applauding everything alongside but uh but yeah like from start to finish it was uh it was just a blast i got in wednesday night or wednesday afternoon maybe early and uh hit a jays game and you know kind of got situated at the hotel and then uh and then thursday I remember waking up and and uh, Orham, Michael Orham was with me, the GM of the London Monarchs, and we had planned to just you know hit a couple breweries during the day and do some walking and see what was going on um, in the East End of Toronto. And uh, prior to the Thursday night meetup, and um, all of a sudden we got this message from JD being like, "Hey, I'm actually downstairs in the lobby." <laughs> you know, I don't have a room yet, but I made it and I'm here. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, crap. My gosh, like JD's downstairs and has nowhere to go. So immediately it was like, yeah, come on up. This is the room number. And uh, I remember him coming up and like it was just like old friends, honestly. <laughs> and JD hadn't even been in the in the league that long. First time <laughs> I've ever met him. And uh yeah, we chatted for a couple minutes and said, we're going to grab a couple pints. Do you want to come? And next thing you know, we were sitting on the patio at Rorschach Brewing in the east end of Toronto and catching up on life and stories and, you know, team stories, life stories, kids stories. And uh, yeah, it was great, you know, and then it just went from there. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, just uh, unbelievable experiences with the with the GMs that you run across. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Incredible, incredible. And that, and that you know, that um, that Saturday night when we headed across. No, so so it was Friday night. It was the night before the the actual draft, right? So Friday night, the night before the draft, that was the B piece. Saturday night, yeah. of course, we went to the island and and to the and to the uh yacht club um mm. and then just that speech by mike and the uh and the um uh the gift for sean there and just like everybody all together it was just so amazing um you know and yeah. i mean the night before the like the when uh when we were waiting for dustin to come on the screen <laughs> behind us <laughs> and we uh we're so all jumping fun. around and cheering for Dustin, and then there's that lady that gets in there and is and is getting in there with us, and uh, just uh, like how much it just blew me away every every bit of that, and just you know, that like Dustin you said, moment, that Dustin moment when we were cheering for him <laughs> on the screen, the entire restaurant must have thought yeah. we were completely crazy. Yeah. You know, on top of that, <laughs> we all had our crowns on from the monarchs <laughs> and our jerseys, and anyway, but. But, you know, uh, 
it was so much fun. It was hilarious. Yes. And, and that Dustin retweeted us or quote tweeted us and it went yeah. out and to all his people. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I know he appreciated that. And it was just such a cool thing to be able to involve uh, people that weren't able to make it. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was a good time. Yeah, and the yacht, fun. the yacht club was amazing. Oh, like, it was. Thank you again for getting us in there. That was <laughs> that, I think that was a highlight for a lot of people. Especially those who, you know, I'm blessed or not blessed, however you want to look at it, being really close to Toronto, you know, I get to frequent it quite a, quite a bit. But for people who aren't, um, you know, close to Toronto or won't make it back there, what a really cool way to see the city. Yes. Uh, that boat ride over was just unbelievable views. And uh, the whole night at that yacht club was was fantastic. So thanks again, Mark, for that. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've been to Toronto before, like, uh, with my wife and spent some time there just, you know, enjoying the city. I had no idea where there was that island there. I had no clue. So, yeah, that, that boat ride to it was, you, you're spot on. It was just gorgeous. And then to see the sunset with Toronto like that, and uh, it was just amazing the whole the whole time. But, uh, yeah, every moment, of, I just, <laughs> the, uh, the draft. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to the draft and Don every time with the number. What number? <laughs> of course, oh, the number. that was going, and uh, and you had the music going for each person when they went up, and we, like it was just it was classic. Each each song you you chose was was perfect, and um, yeah, it's it was, really funny like, the uh, the DMs that wanted to listen through their song or at least right? a good amount. Of it. And I think you were one with the big rock candy mountain. And you're like, no, no, I just, I need a minute. Yeah, yeah. I just want to hear this <laughs> yeah. part of this song. Like, what a good choice. And uh, <laughs> Don was the same way. He said, I'm not yeah. going up until the song finishes. <laughs> I, got my, I got my five minutes. The song's only three. So I'm waiting yeah. it out. You know? So, yeah. It was, yeah, it was just perfect. Um, and just, the, just the chuckles around the room. And I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody takes it seriously. But the chuckles around the room constantly throughout the draft that everybody wants to do their best in. I mean, this is like people have been looking forward to this for so long and everybody wants to do their best, but just the constant chuckles, uh, you're not seeing that, you know, in other, in other places. That's, it just makes it so special. Uh, all the people and just, just the, like the smiles everywhere, all the time, everywhere. So happy. Even, even poor Matt, who, um, uh, Matt Birch, who had had such a hellish time getting in there, you know, that traffic that he endured. Um, and then, yeah. and then it was just like, it was like, that was nothing because he was there with everybody and he just was having a great time, you know, just immediately. Um, it's just so if, good. If Toronto, if Toronto traffic didn't, you know, end the marriage or drive your kids, you know, to bang their head off the window, then, Man, you're good because that's. <laughs> let me tell you, I've driven through that so many times, and yeah. uh, every time it blows my mind that one, it can be that bad. Uh, I always think, oh, it wasn't that bad, and then I get back there. <laughs> no, no, it really was this terrible. And yeah. uh, and two, I just can't fathom how anyone could do that on a regular basis. But you know, uh, maybe I'm not as big of one for big cities, but I can't, I can't imagine going through that on a, on an <laughs> basis. So yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, kudos to Matt and, 
and uh yeah got great sport and and good on the family and uh, appreciate you toughing through it and yeah. uh the other piece when you're talking about the draft room i just remember sylvain sitting there drafting off his phone and just straight <laughs> and just just wait like it seemed like he was winging it but at the same time if you know sylvain you're like yeah. he's he's probably had the best draft of anybody there we just don't know it yet um and and did it all basically off of memory so yeah. kudos to you i'm forever and continue to be impressed by by uh by your preparation and and your commitment so good for you man yeah Wish i just I yeah yeah exactly and that's that's what I, a lot of people notice that right and so it's yeah. like yeah all right it's good <laughs> um yeah absolutely those that was that was pretty incredible um i mean just walking around with everybody as well for me you know like we're we're going um from here to there and it's just this like mob of <laughs> of people with jerseys of that nobody nobody has seen before and uh and it was just so much fun the walks even though it was just it was just cooking it was so hot and uh you know people are like oh just dying with the heat but um everybody's just having a great time even with all that like uh it was it was so good it was so good i could gush about this for hours and hours but um, yeah same yeah. and just yeah the neat part about the walks were i mean i think every time i walked i was walking with somebody different yeah and even some of the walks you know you'd fall back or go ahead and you'd you'd end up you know with a different set of GMs on a totally different topic. And it was just so cool. Like the amount of conversations and, mm -hmm. and it could be anything. It could be from, you know, trade talk to kid talk to, you know, um, complaining about, about the, the weather to, um, you know, reinventing how front license plates shouldn't be a thing anymore. Like it was just <laughs> the widest array of topics that were happening. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's, again, like that's just the cool part of our league and our community that, that uh, you know, we're all that close knit and can just chat about anything and everything, you know, like the number of Twitter conversations that go on about greatest movie or favorite candy bar <laughs> who makes the best onion rings like it's just <laughs> never ceases to amaze me the uh the endless set of topics that we can all agree and disagree on at the same time so it's just really it's cool so true. it's so true i don't know if there's anybody like i can't remember like walking with just like one certain person I, there were like i did walk with like the side and talk to one but it was you're right it was never the same person you're always you know, that's the beauty of it um yeah. is everyone everyone is, and everyone has such a passion for it but and, and because of that it has grown to uh to like know each other uh even though we've only met each other for so many of us we've only met each other once or twice yeah um yeah it's it's that good i remember walking with don and all of a sudden like we we're talking he's like oh my goodness and there's this this old uh old buddy of his that uh that that played like at a really high level uh hockey he was a i think he was a postman as well but he had 
he played at an extremely high level. He's like, Don's like, oh, this guy, this guy's unbelievable. You're gonna, you can look him up in the elite prospects, and um, <laughs> and you get all the stats. Just amazing. So anyways, just I think we were on our way at the time to um, uh, to the to Maple Leaf Garden. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we were just talking with this guy. It was so cool, right? So yeah, just yeah. so many different things, right? Uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And we're to think, you know, all things, uh, all things looking forward. Hopefully, we get to do this all again in, yes. in five years, right? So, well, uh, and to think that I've this was countdown started, you know, right? Uh, I'm super pumped. Uh, <laughs> and for anyone who hasn't made it to one or uh, zero of these, um, definitely, you know, try and get yourself prepped for for five years from now, because we're yes. gonna hopefully do this all again. So. Yes. Yeah. Five years. Right. And, uh, and it's five years less, less a month now. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that'll be the next discussion is where, right. Where for five years, I know the Vancouver guys have talked about it a bit. I know that Vegas had been thrown around a bit. So, and, the, uh-huh. and the amazing part for this, the just incredible, amazing part for this, this is all planned with COVID just yep. hanging over us. Right. I mean, yeah. A couple of years of a couple of years of COVID and ho- COVID still hanging over us while we're prepping for it, right? I mean, there's still all the restrictions and and everything that were still there, and rightfully so. Um, and and it's still and it's still we still had even more people than the first one, right? We still had eighteen over seventeen, so yeah, just and awesome. And able to plan it all out, and I mean, <laughs> that was that was part of the tough part, right? Is right is amount of thought that got put into what events are we going to be able to do backup plans in case that can't happen especially early on right it was mm-hmm. is there even a venue like are we even going to be able to eat together you know it, it, there was so much thought that went into all of this stuff um and contingency plans for everything along Oof. the way so uh you know kudos to again to mike and mark for yeah for uh going through the exercise and and actually you know, planning it, even though, you know, when we started even the initial plans, it was pretty rocky. I remember having the the first call for the the local group um, of hosts, which are people in and around Toronto. And uh, we, we were having this call, I think, in January or February of 2022. And we were currently all under lockdown. And we're having this conversation, <laughs> how we're going to have this great old time in August. <laughs> and uh and mark or mike was always prefacing it with like you know it might not happen we gotta yep. wait and see but but yep. still we're putting in all the efforts instead of just saying you know what we're just gonna pull the shoot never mind we'll look at it you know in another couple of years it was there was obviously that commitment to trying to make it happen so uh you know glad it glad that that was the was the prevailing wisdom and that the uh the per- perseverance was there make it make it so yes absolutely it was yeah and just so happy like, like i said i looked i after that first one and i mean i had just entered the league for the first one um i was brand new to the league and i had such an amazing time that i had been i was seriously looking forward to this for so long for for those five years because i like i knew just from that moment right away uh that this is just an absolutely incredible group and it just even got better so yeah 
let's well, let's start that discussion for where we're going in in five years. I, I'm uh, I'm excited already. Again, I'm 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 ready to start planning and helping with anything I can help with. Let's let's get it into the forums. Let's let's uh, let's start it off. Yeah. Uh, the one last thing we got to talk about really quickly, and I don't know how much more time you have, but um, yeah. how many hats did you have at that summit? <laughs> we talk about how many Banff hats you had and 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 how friggin' cool they were because I had a good look at at least two of them and they mm-hmm. were very well done and I'm super impressed and uh, have yet to go get my own, but, but that is on my list of things to do. So, um, yeah, so... So I have three, uh, and the thing is, the, the one you saw less of for all of them, I didn't didn't have it didn't didn't have it out as much. Was the first one, and it's not because there was anything wrong with the stitching or anything like that. I just realized afterwards, I'm like, eh, maybe I should have chosen a different color for the or material for the actual hat for this one. Um, so that still comes out, uh, and I still wear that one. But I have two others. Uh, one that is just the classic uh, Banff Rockies with the classic colors and everything. And I, I, you know, I wore that one probably the most and I still wear that one the most. Uh, but then I also got that one that uh, has that fluorescent yellow because they had a cap there at Lids that, um, that had this fluorescent yellow. And I looked at it and I'm like, Ooh, that, I like that yellow or whatever, but I'm like, uh, I don't know how it would look with, with the Banff Rockies on it. And then the guy said, well, we actually have this, same yellow for stitching uh what do you think about the b for that you know in that i'm like oh yes let's see it let's see it so uh so it were like i thought it worked out just amazing um we'll see maybe maybe have an idea for a for a, a third jersey now um mm-hmm. but uh yeah i i just loved it and uh then mike got some too and Mike actually has the SICHL logo as well at the back of his. So, um, so really cool there that uh, that 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 Mike has that as well now. And yeah, um, it. I mean, it, it was it was a couple bucks, but uh, I'm like, I haven't bought a hat in so long, in so many years. I I really my my uh, Team Canada hat was just completely falling apart and. Uh, I was thinking, eh, maybe I shouldn't be wearing this around so much right now <laughs> as well yeah. at the time too. But, um, but yeah, like uh, it just worked out so well. And the funniest thing is I'd been thinking about doing it and wanting to do this for a couple of years. And I just procrastinated and, oh yeah, I'll go do it and something. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll do that later. And finally, like uh, two weeks before the summit, before I left for the summit, I thought, why haven't I done this yet? uh i'm just going in the mall and just gonna ask like what's what like how long it takes and i'm like i'm sure you won't be able to do this by this time what is you know what's and then they went through it with me and it was you know a couple days it was like four days and i and uh maybe even three days and i had my hat and really what takes the time is sending off the um the file to to get it uh, digitized and then when that comes back in, it's only, you know, a half an hour at the store. And I guess it sounds like it depends on the store. Like I had an amazing person to that, uh, that helped me at uh, here in Edmonton. Um, I know that some people have gone to some lids places and it ha- they haven't been so welcoming with it, but, uh, but yeah, like I, I just love it. So, I mean, I, I again, I needed new hats, so that worked for me. Uh, but I also really wanted those. Um, and I was so happy to, to kind of, 
show them off at the uh, at the summit. I really wanted to to kind of do a like at the gift thing, uh, a hat per team. But at the same time, I when I worked out the price, when you have to put in the digitizing and then get it all done, it was it was a bit much. <laughs> so so I didn't do that. But yeah. um, that's the thing. Just the first hat costs the most because it's the twenty five dollars of digitizing. After that, it's uh, it's not that uh, it's not that bad for an individual hat. Um, each in, each one you do after that because they already have the digitizing and they already have the SICHL digitized here, so we can get you that SICHL as well. Yeah, I'm certainly gonna have to uh, to get on that and get myself into the local lids and and uh, get my revolution hats uh, <laughs> out into the public. So yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that was that was fun to to bring out. And I, I yeah, I think the first time, well, yeah, I walked in with it on to the uh when i walked into the bar that night with uh with my luggage with me and my hat on and i saw some i saw it like nobody was looking at me everybody was looking up so <laughs> i thought okay well this is good this is this is this is uh this is working so yeah no <laughs> oh thank you so much jeff this has been i i love talking i love talking with you but i i love talking the sichl right it's just so much fun yeah um I know that uh, we're not up to the free agency yet, but uh, but when it does come, I'm going to be watching and I'll put in, put in a couple bits, but uh, I'll be watching with great interest. Uh, so thank you for all you do with that. Uh, it's just an, I know it's an incredible amount of work, uh, but it's so appreciated. And I'm looking forward to those new rules as well. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, you know, I always enjoy free agency time uh you know it's it's such a unique experience and and the excitement in the league is you know not quite to draft heights but uh you know there's so many happy christmas gms with their <laughs> stacks of money opening you know hoping to open a present and get somebody cool uh so you know it's it's just a really fun exciting time and and as i see the bids come in you know i shake my head and, and laugh every time but uh you know, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun time, and the free agency bot will be back out and giving everybody grief and hell, <laughs> and uh, you know, mocking as it usually does. So, for you new GMs out there, if you're listening, don't take uh, the free agent bot too seriously when he mocks <laughs> you. Uh, that's just uh, part of the experience. But uh, anyway, I enjoy it so much. Forward, <laughs> looking forward to free agency, and uh, you know, see what happens from there. Good luck to everybody. Every time I every time I see the free agency bot, all I can think of is Linguo from The Simpsons, and uh, and it just makes me laugh every time. I mean, it's already hilarious what's being written there by by the bot, but uh, yeah. And and if I can say anything for for Jeff here, it's please, please, please follow the instructions. Um, so to make life a little bit easier on Jeff as, uh, as he puts in a ton of work with this, but, and he does give, he does give those instructions. They are there. So please follow them. And, uh, yeah, it's, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. And if you, if you ever have questions, um, you know, I, I have a pretty good handle on the rule book over the years. And I know Mike, uh, has been going through the rule book with some of the newer guys, but always happy to answer, you know, process questions or spreadsheet questions or you know free agency questions i won't tell you what to do with bids but uh 
I can help you format it and get it in there properly so that you're you're doing what you intend to do, but uh, always there to help if you need it. Perfect. And, I, and myself as well. And I know so many people around the league are, are so willing to help with anything. Uh, I know we just saw it with, um, I think Jeff, um, Jeff looking at uh, the new Jeff, new old Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> looking yeah, at Jeff. Uh, how to, how to work it on the Mac and, and just the responses from around the league. It's just, uh, I love it. It's just it's so yeah. many people just willing to help out in any way they can. So uh, great. And uh, best of luck to everybody in free agency and, and thanks and best of luck to you, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks Ian. All right. You bet. Jeff Prozeller, GM of the Havana Revolution, and of course, our free agency guru. There we go. Well, that's our show for today, everyone. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I had a great time talking with Jeff. And I mean, I have a great time talking about anything SICHL, but especially the the summit. Such a special time. Okay. If you have anything that you'd like to add to the podcast, or if you have any ideas for the podcast, you'd like to be on the podcast, please DM me on Twitter at SICHL Rockies. All right, let's take it away with our new theme song for the show. Talk to you later. Maybe.